Hello everyone. Today I want to talk a little bit about skilled trades and the skilled trades gap that we have in this country. There's a few words I'm going to use today. One is prosperous or prosperity. Significant or significance, I guess. Abundance, needed and influential. Now this is all kind of crazy. I know it sounds, hey, you're talking about tradesmen, what's going on? Well, here's the deal. The skilled trades gap in this country is at an all-time low. It's actually to the point of being critical. And, you know, there's a there's a few things that lead into that. Way back in the late 70s, there was this uh, effort by the upper ed community to push this program. And the program that they had had a poster attached to it. And it was a poster of someone in a cap and gown and their diploma. And it was someone else dressed up you know, dirty work clothes, hard hat, and a lunchbox. And the text said, work smart, not hard, as if to indicate working smart was getting your diploma and working hard was getting dirty every day. Well, I can tell you that is uh, probably one of the most uh, untrue statements that's ever been said, created, written, printed, whatever in this uh, this country's history, and I'll tell you why. This, and, and especially why now. But over the years, as we have looked down on the trades industry, I say we as a community, I never have. Uh, there's been this attitude of saying, well, you know, if you, if, if you don't do good in school, you're going to be a plumber. Uh, if you don't do good in school, you're, you're going to work with your hands. And I'll tell you a little, uh, little story. I was talking to someone one day and he, he said, yes, he told his son, threatening him if he didn't do well in school, he was just going to let him quit and make him be a plumber. And I was like, well, actually, it's interesting you say that. I, I know a plumber. Um, he, he has eight trucks on the road. So there's himself and one and seven others. And uh, he does very little with his hands. He runs his company. Um, he has an RV, one of the real big ones, $350,000 RV. He has a house worth over half a million dollars paid for. Uh, I don't know if he still does, but he used to have a little Cessna kept at the local uh, municipal airport. Um Put his three kids through college, paid for back, you know, with cash, no, no grants, uh, uh, no anything. Uh, even has a house on the Outer Banks of North Carolina on the beach. So if that's the plumber you're talking about, yeah, I want to be like that plumber. Go ahead, sign me up. Where do I sign? And, you know, that's sort of been the attitude is that if you work with your hands, you're somehow, you know, dumb and poor. Well, some of the smartest people I know are tradesmen, and I mean skilled tradesmen, not just people taking up air and fog a mirror. I mean people who know how to work with their hands. When you learn a trade, if it's early on, during high school, if there is any uh, Votech classes or vocational uh, colleges for high school students, most of them have been done away with, I think. But if there are any, and, and you don't want to go to college, say you don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer, those things are going to require college education. That's just it. I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about college. I think what I'm saying something negative about is the attitude if you don't go to college, um, that you're going to somehow be some kind of failure in society. And so that's where my problem lies. Uh, but, but if you're not going to college and you really don't know what you want to do, you can learn a trade. Local community colleges are a perfect example somewhere you can go to learn a skilled trade. My story was 
Uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do after high school, I mean, for certain. But what I did know was around the age of 16, I wanted, I, I, we were having some heating and air conditioning done to our house and we lived in, and I was watching the guy work and I was, I was impressed and I was intrigued and, man, this looked cool and all the different things they were doing. And so at an early age, I took a interest in HVAC, but I didn't know at the time if that's what I was going to do for sure. And then in high school, we had a VOTEC course. And I took VOTEC because, hey, it got me out of the high school for half a day in 11th, 12th grade. And what I was able to do was learn, wow, you know, this is something. It's pretty cool. I get to deal with uh, Freon. Uh, I get to deal with uh, electrical components, electricity, gas, all kinds of cool tools. This is somewhere, I, you know, yeah, I, I want to do this. And so after high school, I... Uh, Got a couple part-time jobs while I still took uh, put myself through um, some local community college courses because, let's face it, at the time, there were more skilled tradesmen there are now. Now, I mean, if, if I want to leave high school and go with an interest to learn, they would have taught me or they would teach me now. But back then, you had to have a little bit of knowledge. And so I did a couple semesters at a local uh, community college, and then I was able to apply for a job at a good local heating and air conditioning company. And luckily for me, the service manager, Jim, who I owe my success to, as far as in the trades industry, gave me an opportunity. And that's all he had to give me. What I gave them after that was effort. I gave them skill. I gave them hard work. I gave them results. I, um, I did pretty well. I continued my education, and then my on-the-job training was some of the best. And I was able to take their system, how they had operated, and I was able to take that to the next level. I became the number one service technician, meaning I sold the most heating and air conditioning equipment. In some months, I beat the sales department, which was hysterical. Um, I had the lowest callback rate, and I turned in the most tickets for parts sold, meaning that I went to a lot of jobs, I did my job thoroughly, and I sold people parts that they needed. Uh, you know, there's something to be said about you can go to someone's house and fix the immediate part that's bad and get their heater AC working again. But what about the other two or three parts that are on the verge of failing? If you don't notice or if, even if you don't recommend them and the part breaks in, in 30 days, well, it's a callback for you. So you, you kind of goes against you at the same time. Uh, you may have thought you were trying to save someone money, but in fact, it costs you, a, a, you know, a bad rep. And, who, you know, the customer doesn't want to call you in 30 days. If you need that part, fix it. Fix it now. Let's get it going. And so I was able to come up with a system in order to become a really, really good service technician. And I did it because, I, first of all, I worked hard. Um, I worked in the heat, very, very hot and humid. Some days very, very cold. Some days cool and rainy. Some days cold and rainy. Uh you know, if the wind's blowing and it's 20 degrees outside and you have to go work on a roof, work on a commercial heating and air unit, a gas pack, or a heat pump, whatever they have. You know what? That's, that's probably not appealing to most people. But when you take an entire year and you balance out the weather, I had some of the best days. You know, that's the examples that a lot of people give you. Well, it's hot or it's cold. I can tell you, I worked in more days in the 70s, I had a short sleeve shirt on, I was outside, the sun was shining, and I had a good time. While some of my friends were cooped up in an office. And um, so that's how I like to look at things. But learning a skill trade, you're needed. Uh, you know, I give this example about the ice cream shop. If it's 98 degrees outside, everyone's hot, they go to this ice cream shop, they want ice cream. 
Well, what about if the refrigeration equipment used to make ice cream fails? Customers leave. The owner still has to pay his bills. Rents due. Taxes are due. Utilities are due. And guess what? We have no revenue coming in. We have no clients standing outside. They're not going to stand in the heat and wait on liquid. I mean, they want ice cream. And so the call comes in. You get there in a hurry. Even if you're out, your own call, you're doing your own thing. You know what? Pay, it used to be when I was in the business, pagers going off. But now we have the cell phone. We have text. We have email. And you go out. You fix it. Maybe it's a seven or $800 service call. They're back in business. If you go by that company in a couple hours, however long it takes for refrigeration to cool down and, and, and to make ice cream again, if there's a line out of that door, the owner's making money, you have significance. You did that. Every person standing in line, they're there because you made that happen. So if you're looking for significance in your job, you can get it very, very, very well. Consider a hospital where you have people bedridden. They can't move. The heat or AC fails there. What are their options? You don't just go to a hotel and you know, stay there until you, you, know, you get it fixed. And what if your heater breaks and you have enough money to pay the repairman to fix the heater, but you don't have enough to take your whole family to a hotel? What are you going to do? I can give an example. Uh, I remember it was a it was a Friday evening. It was cold. Uh, uh, elderly couple's heater broke. Put in the call, and it was near the end of the day. And so we, uh, I actually took the service call. I went to their house and they had a bad bad part. And while I was there, I noticed that the gentleman was on oxygen and nearly bedridden, and his wife was really struggling trying to take care of him. And she was in her, you know, in her upper years of well. And and uh, I could have easily just said, you know, see you Monday, and went home. Uh, but uh, my conscience, first of all, wouldn't allow that. But the right thing to do, being a tradesman is not just knowing how to work with your hands. It's it's being committed to what you do. It's helping your neighbor. It's it's your clients are the reason you ex your job exists, right? So you have the skill. Now you just need to be the good person and use your skill the most effective way you can. Well, that particular day, I used mine. I told him I'd try to find them a part. I left. I started calling supply houses. I found someone that uh, had the part, and they were actually going to wait for me. It was going to be after 5 to get there. I went and got the part. Uh, Friday afternoon, rush hour, nutty, crazy traffic. Get back to their house. Um, fix their heater. I left with the feeling knowing that they didn't have to open a stove and try to heat their house, which is a dangerous thing to do. They didn't have to have someone give them an electric heater or try to go out and buy an electric heater that would keep the temperature right around them tolerable, not even comfortable. Um, I was able to fix that. You know, Did I feel significant that day? Yeah, I did. And probably next to someone in the medical profession for them, I was probably the most important person to them at the time because that night they were going to have no heat and it was cold. I remember it very well. also had an event to go to that night and I missed it. Now, I can't say I was ecstatic about missing the event, but when weighed against the fact that I know that two elderly people were warm that night, there was no comparison. Part of being a tradesman, that's who you have to be. And I talk about heating and air a lot because that's the background that I came from. But the same goes true for plumbing. I mean, if you're in a building and, and there's water dripping through the ceiling, who's the most important person to you right then? Is it your college professor, your high school teacher, your friend down the road that drinks beer with you on Friday night or the whoever? No, no. It's 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 the plumber that is going to come out to your house or your business or your apartment or wherever and is going to stop that water from leaking. Because then 
a water leak creates all kinds of chaos. You know, it damages stuff. It can damage the structure. It damages personal property. Uh, you need someone quick. You need somebody who knows what they're doing. If the lights are out, it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to stream music and play video games if your light's out. Uh, let's face it, it's hard for a company to, to manufacture goods. It's, uh, it's impossible. Uh, it's impossible for a restaurant to serve food. Uh, so the same is true. When you're dealing with your main trade, now I'll, I'll call your main service trades or your skilled trades as being heating and air conditioning, plumbing, electrical, uh, welding. Uh, but there's other trades in there as well. There, I mean, there, there's shortages in um, cosmetology, for Pete's sakes, uh, for, for uh, uh, you know, teachers. I mean, you go through the list. People that have to have skills, there's a shortage of. But if you look at the news, you think, well, hey, you know what? We've got high unemployment. I mean, there's a lot of people that are unemployed that don't even count anymore because they quit looking for jobs. So they're not counted in that weekly unemployment rate. So you can, you can, you know, just rest assured, the unemployment number that you get on a weekly basis, if you pay attention to the news, which is another subject, uh, it is not exactly where we are as a country as far as unemployment. Now, when I see someone on the news, when I watch the news, because I try not to watch it too much because it's just way too much uh, chaos for me, um, and, and they're really pushing for minimum wage in the fast food restaurant industry. Well, let me tell you, that's a little misguided. The fast food restaurant business was never intended to be a, a career move. It was never intended to be a job where you supported a family. What we need to be worried about is the skilled trades gap or the skilled uh, skills gap period that people have that that's the only place they can work. I mean, let's let's back this thing up a few years and let's start making sure that people that get out of school are better educated to the point that that's not their only result. Now, I'm not knocking fast food because I'll tell you something, uh, dealing with a lot of people in a high stress and high time and and cooking food right and safe because, you know, if you eat food that's been left out too long or if it's undercooked, uh, you can have some real real health issues. Uh, it's not a brainless job, uh, but it is a job that was intended for high school, college. It was intended for, for part-time work, uh, someone retired looking for a little extra cash or spend their day. It's never intended to support a family of three. And so what we have to do is we have to start worried about why is it that we have people that that is the only skill they know or the only skill they feel like they can do. And that is the biggest thing. And I think that, you know, when I look at stories like that and I see real pain in some of these people's face and I feel bad for them. I mean, I really do. But then on the other hand, I look at the trades industry that is just begging for employees. They're, they're taking people that they know really aren't qualified to do the job, but it's the closest person that they can find. So it's somebody that can do more than fog a mirror. They can almost do their job well. And so they're taking those people because that's the only option they have. So I'll tell you this. If you're in high school, you're looking for something to do, learn a trade, keep yourself clean, right? Clean cut, stay out of trouble, have a willingness to work in hot, cold, and on the good days, uh, on a, it's your birthday, but you, you need to go to work or, or you're, you're on call and you're going to take, you're going to take an emergency service call on Christmas day. 
on New Year's or your birthday, whoever, who cares? You've got to be that person. Because I'm telling you right now, if you are, you become, when you're looking for a job, equivalent to a first-round draft pick. You are the perfect person. You have a good driving record. You're clean-cut. You don't have a criminal background record, and you know your job. You know how to use tools. You can almost write your own paycheck. And, you know, when you get to the point where you cap out, companies just can't pay you anymore, which, by the way, some welders start out in the seventy dollars to $80,000 range. Uh, heating and air conditioning, whether if it's commercial, residential, commercial typically pays a little bit more, but you can start forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 and work your way up. I mean, we're talking real money. Uh, when you cap out at wherever that rate is in whatever industry you're in, that you're you're in or that you're looking to get into, if you're mentally prepared and ready, you can start working for yourself and write your own check because then the results are this. The harder you work, the actual harder you work, the more money you will make. And owning your business is another podcast totally. This podcast is about directing people to look. Even if you're 10 years out of school, you may be 20 years out of school and you're looking to learn a trade it is not too late. You can change your career path. You can do it for very little money, but it's going to require work. It's going to require you to study. It's going to require you to, to actually get off the couch and do it. But it's also going to require when you get a job to service, you're going to work in some pretty nasty conditions sometimes. But then other days, your job is a breeze. The bottom line here, it's a trade that it's a business in any of the skilled trades industry that you can make a lot of money and feel real good about yourself in the process. That's it for today. I'm Dwayne Cotton, and I'll talk to you again.